Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello, design friends. You are listening to Soft Landing. If you're new here, or this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. You are the reason I'm here, creating episodes to cover all things interior design so that you can create the home of your dreams. There is so much thought, effort, and decision-making that goes into planning a space. And one of the things that can make it all sing in unison is the lighting. There are so many different ways to bring light into your space, and today's episode is really only going to scratch the surface. Lighting is such a dynamic and complex science, and what I want to walk you through today is focused on lighting strategy rather than focusing so much on the look and feel of light fixtures themselves, but on the placement and color of the light. I'm sure you know that in the world of lighting, there is a wide range of fixture types, floor lamps, table lamps, chandeliers, ceiling mounted fixtures, sconces, any of these can work well in a space. And like mixing patterns that I covered in our last episode, mixing the types of lighting fixtures that you have will create visual interest, warmth, and provide multiple heights and angles of light sources. While it's important to maximize the natural sunlight a space receives, all spaces also have to have a lighting scheme for nighttime that solely relies on electric light. One of the easiest tips I can share with you right out of the gate is when you're placing lighting in your space, my go-to golden rule for lighting is you want to create a triangle of light. Think about the floor plan of your room, or if that language doesn't resonate with you, think about a bird's eye view of the room. If you're looking down on the room, the placement of the lights should create a triangle. It doesn't have to be a perfect equilateral triangle, but try to get it as close as you can. So many rooms in a standard home come with a pretty plain looking ceiling mounted fixture right in the center of the room. It might even be attached to a ceiling fan. You can probably picture what I'm talking about. So that's one corner of this triangle of light, and that's great because it's giving you a source of overhead light. Now, if you have two table lamps, you can place them on opposite sides of the central ceiling fixture, but keep them on the same side of the room. And there is a basic triangle of light. If you have a living room like mine that came with a total of zero lights, Try adding a super tall floor lamp to one corner, a table lamp, caddy corner from that, and an accent sconce on the adjacent corner. There you go, another triangle. While we're talking about sconces, I think they are really great in terms of all of the different lighting fixtures out there, and they've definitely been making a comeback lately. 
And while their installation typically requires an electrician to hardwire them in place on a wall, they also come in a plug-in variety that looks super chic and is a bit more lo-fi on the installation. Now, the triangle of light really helps to create balanced lighting without any exaggerated dark spots or overlit hot spots and without the rigidity of having to worry about everything having to be symmetrical, although you can make it symmetrical if that's your thing. What's super important here is the lighting in your space is not perfectly even in its distribution. This can actually feel relentless and fatiguing, a la a perfectly evenly lit open office environment. If you've ever been in one of those, you know what I'm talking about. Think of it more as trying to emulate nature with some slightly shadier spots and some slightly sunnier spots. So have fun placing triangles in every room in your house and enjoy your well-lit spaces. The lighting in a space has a major impact on the way we perceive it. Light affects the way materials and colors appear to our eyes. A big factor in this is the color temperature of the lighting. Now, the term color temperature does not refer to the felt heat of a light, but the temperature in the sense of college art class 101, where red, yellow, and orange are warm colors and blue is a cool color, and green and purple can go either way depending on their composition. In lighting design, color temperature is measured using Kelvins with a capital K, which is the same temperature system used to measure the absolute zero of the temperature of planet Earth. I remember hearing about Kelvins, I think in biology class in high school, and thought it was a really cool concept. Zero Kelvins is as cold as the Earth can possibly get. In lighting, this absolute zero temperature is where the absolute darkest black theoretically would exist. And so the Kelvin scale uses that number as a baseline and it grows off from there. Now the lower the number, the warmer or more orangey the color of the light. The higher the number, the cooler or bluer the light. The bookend examples of this scale would be the light of a candle flame, which is very warm, and that comes in around 1900 Kelvins. And the pure blue sky at noon is 10,000 Kelvins. Most light bulbs are in the range of 2,200 to 5,500 Kelvins. Natural daylight is pretty cool in temperature ranging around 5,000 Kelvins, except at sunrise and sunset when it warms up closer to anywhere between 2,000 and 3,000 Kelvins, and that's why taking pictures at sunset or golden hour is so popular. The warm color from the sun can be very flattering. But what does that all mean for interiors? For most people, lighting temperature is a personal preference. I happen to prefer warmer lighting, maybe because it makes my auburn hair look extra red, but plenty of people are drawn to cooler light. As long as you're staying within that 2200 to 5500 Kelvin range, you'll be fine. Sometimes you hear that warm light makes you physically feel warmer and cool light makes you feel colder, which kind of makes sense if you think of a warm, roaring fire versus a cloudless, crisp December day. 
but there are a few other things to consider that I'll get into in a minute when it comes to color temperature. But I want to talk a little bit about sustainability first. Lighting is such a crucial part of any built environment. There are entire companies that specialize in only doing architectural lighting. When I work on larger commercial projects, we almost always work with a lighting designer because it is so much more than selecting decorative lamps and chandeliers. There's literal math involved to make sure every space is getting enough light for its use and then there are calculations that have to be submitted to prove that all the lights on the project are energy efficient and below a certain threshold of power usage. These laws are especially strict here in New York City, but as power consumption becomes a greater concern across the world, every design is getting more sustainably minded. Just think about how much the common light bulb has evolved over the past 10 years. It used to be that your run-of-the-mill light bulb at the corner True Value hardware store was an incandescent bulb, 60 watts, which means these bulbs worked by heating a copper wire filament inside of a gas-filled bulb, hot enough to create light. These lights were inexpensive and often give off a warm light that looks soft and glowy. The only problem with these is that they don't last super long and they do use up a decent amount of energy. Then compact fluorescents or CFLs showed up on the scene and you know these lights. It's about the same size as a traditional incandescent bulb, except it looks like a long tube that has been folded or twisted. These guys lasted a lot longer and used about a third of the energy of an incandescent. But let's face it, they were ugly as sin. And when they do stop working, they contain mercury, which is super toxic to be putting back into the environment. So you can't just throw them away with regular trash. You had to sort them into a hazardous waste collection, which can be complicated. The color temperature of these bulbs is also significantly cooler than incandescence. So if you switch one light in your house with a new CFL bulb and all your other lights were still incandescent, it would stick out like a sore thumb and you basically have to change all of your lights if you wanted it to look harmonious. And they're a little more expensive than an incandescent bulb, which just felt like a pain at the time they were introduced. I remember hearing that these bulbs were the new normal and incandescents were out. And these ugly, cool-toned, non-dimmable, toxic-containing lights were the future because they lasted forever and used less power. Ugh. Enter LED bulbs. Light-emitting diodes have been used for years in electronics, signage, and car dashboards, but they weren't developed in earnest as alternatives to the common household 60-watt bulb until the late aughts when Philips, one of the leaders in lighting technology, developed one of the earliest LED bulbs meant for residential use. And due to the combination of its extremely low energy usage, wide range of color temperature options, significantly longer lifespan than both incandescent and CFLs, it was super popular. Plus, they are a whole lot better looking than those crazy corkscrew compact fluorescents. They were all of a sudden 
everywhere. And yes, they are certainly more pricey than the old incandescent bulbs. But when you factor in their lifespan, the overall value is much better. You'll be buying fewer light bulbs in your lifetime with LED bulbs. And there are even inventions such as the smart LED bulb, which is a light bulb controlled by an app on your phone. You can change the color temperature, set the lights to a timer, or even go full out party atmosphere by changing the light to any color in the rainbow. It's pretty exciting for me because I was definitely the type of teenager who had at least one lamp in my bedroom as one of those colored party lights from Spencer Gifts. So, circling back to color temperature. A very important thing to keep track of is the color temperature you use in your space. If you happen to get a replacement light bulb that is different from what you have already, it will look strange and out of place. Having all of your lights in the same color temperature will really help your space look pulled together as a whole. So the next time you're shopping for light bulbs, check out the noted color temperature. It's always on the outside of the box. That will give you a very pulled together looking room. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I love getting to hear from you all. I hope this episode inspired you to take notice of the lighting in your everyday life, and I will see you in the next episode. 